Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Green Room Live Broad Street Hockey Post Game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and, fun and games for the evening. What a shit game that was. Uh, I hope you didn't bet the over. If so, that's quite a bad beat for you. Uh, that's like one of those 850 total yards, like 45 total point football games. Uh, chances back and forth, a lot of shots, a lot of power plays, not a ton of scoring. Uh, but really what we're here to talk about is the Philadelphia Flyers. And, man, after a couple of games, it seemed like uh, my my preseason concern about the lack of scoring, about the lack of offense uh, was a little nuts. You know, they they're, they're putting in – you know, four or five goals a game. They they looked dangerous. They were exciting. And now the opportunistic nature of the team seems to have dried up. Uh, they put a decent number of shots on goal tonight, but how many would you really call dangerous? A lot of stuff from the outside, a lot of double clutching and uh, taking uh, not a ton of chance taking. Just looked like a very Hackstallian offense. Now, over the last six games, they have scored – Nine goals. They've been shut out twice, uh, once in Calgary, and it was like, all right, you know, third game in four nights, Western Canada road trip, shit happens. But since the Edmonton game, they haven't scored more than two goals against a goalie in any game. Against Arizona, they, of course, scored three goals, one of them an empty netter. And it's really time to start worrying about this offense. Uh, If you're Been keeping track of Morgan Frost at all. He hasn't been the most consistent, but he has been making some plays that have led to offense. And I think if they're not going to move Giroux to uh, center, maybe maybe it's time to give Morgan Frost a shot. He definitely couldn't hurt this uh, just abysmal power play we have. Maybe you can get him on that second unit. Was nice to see JVR and Yandel back on the top by the end of the game, but really just all around concerns about the offense. I thought overall they weren't, Like, they didn't play poorly tonight, but they didn't do anything well. And not being bad, that's not, you know, that's not enough of a bar to clear. We expect this team to compete in this very tough division. We expect this team to make the playoffs. And games like tonight where you're just kind of there aren't going to get it done. I'm sure people have a lot to say about this one. Uh, So let's get right into it and let's lead things off with Nikki Hall. Nikki, you are live on the post game. Well, I'm actually first. <laughs> I'm not. It's uh, usually. Uh, hold on, Nikki. This might be on me. I think I don't have my headphones plugged in. Uh, let's see here. Two Hello? seconds. Nope. That's... Headphones not connected. So good. Let's try it now. <laughs> testing. Testing. Nikki, you're live yeah. on the post game. Yep. There you are. Okay. Okay. Good. Um. Oh my gosh. This green room thing sometimes. Anyway. Um. Yeah. I'm not going to belabor the point. The heart, for the most part looked like Carter Hart, but offense really needs to back him up with stellar performances. Like 
I definitely see where you're coming from with the preseason concerns of the lack of scoring from the offense. And honestly, it showed tonight. It's like, you know, last game we didn't score more than two goals. The game before that we didn't score more than two goals. So I'm kind of sensing a pattern of if we're not some, there needs to be a spark. And I don't know if that's because of all the injuries or if that's just because this team is gassed or what the deal is, but I, I, I don't, I can't really describe anything more about tonight's performance other than it was just, in a sense, it was disrespectful to Hart, in a sense. Yeah, just when your goalie plays that well, you at least need to give him a chance. Uh, I'll say with the injuries, like, yes, they should score more when Kevin Hayes is back. They should score more when Ryan Ellis is back. They've made a point to be like, look at these minutes Justin Braun is playing. You know, he's already got more points than he had last year. And, you know, they've even pointed Mm -hmm. out, like, oh, you know, he's been showing off the offensive side of his game a little bit. Look how often he's the guy, like, receiving a pass or, uh, you know, joining a rush. And while it's nice to see, Braun has a little bit extra element to his game how many of those opportunities could they possibly cash in on if that's ryan ellis and not justin braun and i'm not using injuries as an excuse but i am saying like ryan ellis is just a better player Mm -hmm. and a more offensively well-rounded player than justin braun is that's been proven throughout their careers like if it's him in those situations Mm -hmm. maybe we get a few more uh than braun it's not like braun's been bad but Mm -hmm. we just know what kind of player he is and that's not him so uh yeah the injuries are hurting uh but at a certain point, you're, they're going to have to make do with what they have. Hopefully, Kevin Hayes is back soon. I still have no idea about what to expect from Ryan Ellis, but uh, they need to score more than no goals. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, yeah, the one thing that, although I, I got to honestly hand it to Braun for really step as one of the few guys that are start, like stepping up in regards to like having to make the plays when you know it comes down to it. Because like you know, this team has one game without top defensemen. And, you know, there have been seasons where we've won without our top guys. I know it's possible. It's a matter of them executing it. And tonight it's just like it, they literally made like they literally made they made made Toronto look like this all star team that they're not. And that honestly, a lot of people can say, oh, well, that's just Philadelphia teams for you. Yes, I agree to some extent. I know that Philadelphia teams are better than this, though. Um, yeah, but like you said, you know, we got to work with what we got. We don't, can't, can't just be, you know, beating around the bush, hoping that, you know, something's going to come from within. I mean, that'd be nice, but I mean, it's not, not likely. And you can't be leaving Hart or Jones for that matter out to dry when they're busy playing their ass off and your offense is literally just, it's one thing if you're getting the bounces and you're getting what you need to, and you're just not getting the luck. That's one thing. But tonight wasn't the case. No, it wasn't at all. And thanks a lot, Nikki. Uh, I just, they didn't, while they put up over 30 shots on net, again, like how many would you call dangerous? At a certain point, somebody has to take a risk. Uh, they need to get back to creating some more offense behind the net. From behind the net, that's uh, something we all really, really liked a lot in the um, 
from the Flyers in that first season with Lane Vigneault. You know, if you've been listening to these post games a while back in the Facebook and uh, Twitch days, I would constantly be like, hey, you know what? Lane Gretzky has uh, more assists than anybody else ever has goals and assists. Maybe initiating some offense from behind the net would uh, maybe he was on to something. Maybe his offense, maybe his office is uh, perhaps where offense begins. Maybe that's a good place to start. Like, look at the best and follow that they don't seem to be doing that as much when they do pass from behind the net it seems to not go into the slot anymore it seems to go outside uh outside into the hash marks on the half wall or up like a bounce pass off the boards to the point it just doesn't seem like they're making enough effort to get to the dirty areas and you know they had a few opportunities tonight to clean up some rebounds it looked like uh Maybe the ice was bouncing a little bit. Uh, the puck was bouncing. The ice wasn't great. And that you know, it's a possibility. You miss a couple of opportunities. Sean Couturier early in the game uh, had a rebound hop right over his stick, and bad shit happens. But like when I can point to the one or two plays in the game where they looked a little dangerous and be like, well, if they go the other way, like that's not enough. They need to do more to get to those areas and create those types of chances. Uh, Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you were live on the post game. Well, what's up, Bill? How are you today, Hunter? Uh, not bad. Your your tweet had me rolling when you said JVR really leaned into that one. I, I could just hear your voice through the tweet. <laughs> uh, it was like, it's the end of the guy I realize the game's over. You're not going to win even if he rips it by the fucking goalie. But you have two guys in front and an open shot for the first time all day. I don't know. Maybe try to do something. Like, he just like kind of pushed it at the net and skated off for the draw. Like, I, I, like do you not want to score? Do you not like goals? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready to hit the panic button on offense yet. But one thing that really makes you want to shoot this team to the moon, and I'm convinced that it will never change in Philly, is the dump and chase hockey and the fact that they stand at the fucking blue line on the power play and just wait for this mass entrance thinking that it's going to work nine times out of ten. It doesn't. That's. I was really happy to see the return of the slingshot pass tonight. That's like, oh, my God. Everything about the power play is frustrating. Like I, all the entries have been pretty good this year. Just like building momentum, skating, and then looking for an opening and taking it. And tonight they decided, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to go back to the drop pass in the neutral zone. And like I, they had opportunities tonight where they got by the first four checker on the uh, in the neutral zone, and then would drop pass. Like um, you have a five one three advantage. Why are you slowing down? Why are you backing up and letting them get back in position? Like now it's five on four again i they do a lot of shit that really makes me scratch my head <laughs> yeah uh I, th- I think getting in front of the net's also a concern with me too just a lot of missed shots blocked shots uh that, that'll always seem to haunt them uh one thing i think L- lawton's low-key sneaky with his stick handles uh that, that's one yeah. thing i've noticed over the past couple years if he can just start getting goals i mean you start seeing it more um one thing l- last thing actually is can we just wear some of those appreciation jerseys for a game, please? I just, like, I don't know hockey's, like, they wear these jerseys for warm-ups. For 18 minutes. Yeah, and then they just go and wear their regular jerseys. I'll never, like, they make these things. Like, they had the uh, the purple hockey fights cancer jerseys, like, right when Oscar Lindblom mm-hmm. got diagnosed. And it was like, wear them one time. Wear them once. Like, do you know, like, I, they get auctioned off and everything, and that's cool. I don't know. I feel like a game-worn jersey would get auctioned for a whole lot more than a warm-up-worn jersey. Yeah, I, I, 
the MLB kind of does stuff with that, like Jackie Robinson, everyone wears 42. But I think yeah. one thing that um, New York did good, cool this year with the 20th anniversary of 9-11 was the Yankees wore FDNY hats and the Mets wore NYPD hats. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, I just wish the NHL would do stuff more like that. That's it, Bill. Uh, thanks a lot, Hunter. Yeah, there's always um, uh, the NHL always is like wor- the worst when it comes to jerseys, and they have the coolest potential uh, to have awesome jerseys, and they just really seem to stick with just traditional shit and never uh, never think outside the box with anything. But you know. I guess in the list of my grievances about tonight, that doesn't make it. Uh, Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the post game. How you doing there, Bill? Uh, tough game. Uh, you know, other than uh, quarter hard, I didn't feel like the team came out with a lot of energy tonight. I was a little disappointed in the first period. And the other comment I have is there are a lot of guys on this team that are very prone to slumps, including Limbaugh, Farabee, JVR. Uh, you know, m- among others, Lawton, they can go games and games and games without goals. And I, I think that's a problem. I think there's too many guys like that on this team. The other thing is Yandel looks very yeah. slow and the power plays are training. Right? Oof, yeah. Yeah. The, the power play was, uh, the power play decided the game tonight. If, uh, if they show any sort of life and create anything on the power play tonight. It's a different game. They just didn't have it. Yandel is what he is. He's a third-pair puck-moving defenseman. You just have to live with some of the bumps and bruises. You don't want him to play a ton because, yeah, he, he he just isn't the skater he used to be. And, yeah, tonight he has the horrendous turnover. He falls down. Uh, Carter Hart bailed him out a couple of times. There's uh, he uh, Yandel, he's a veteran third pair guy that I want playing 16 minutes a game. That's all he is. Yeah. I'm glad he's back up on the top power play unit. It only took a couple of weeks to figure. Like, I don't know what is what the point of him in the lineup is if he's not on your top power play, unless you have I, like a stud at the you know like which they don't have. Uh, I, I don't get why you'd even dress him if he's not going to be on your power play. Yeah, I didn't understand what the purpose of putting Provorov back in the first pairing on the power play but that shows me that they, they don't really have a number one defenseman for the power play like you know you're talking about five years ago when ghost first came up he was you know really great on the power play right now i'm not sure they have that player and they might as well go with five forwards i wouldn't mind it at this point just to have a spark uh, and thanks a lot, Warren. Uh, about the slumps, it does seem like they have a lot of guys who go in the slumps. And listen, goals happen in bunches. We see it all the time. We saw it with Wayne Simmons. We've been seeing it with JVR the last few years. Uh, but they do seem to uh, they do seem to all slump together at once. Uh, it, it, it's why I on the last Broad Street Hockey Radio, if you listen to this week's show, I was saying, is it time to maybe switch up the lines if you're not going to call up Morgan Frost? Uh, who all reports are he hasn't been playing great. He's been good for the Phantoms, a little in- inconsistent, but he has been producing. Uh, he had a good power play assist tonight, I saw, uh, to set up a, like a cross-ice play, like the old um, tic-tac-toe Voracek, uh, J- uh, Giroux check to uh, JVR Simmons down low, that sort of play. Um if you're not going to do that, maybe G to 2C and just kind of get some guys together, get the slumping guys playing with guys who maybe are playing a little better. Just mix some things up, try to get some chemistry going. Because uh, now this is six straight games where they score two or, few, two or fewer goals against the goalie. And I'm specifying against the goalie because they scored three against 
uh, Arizona, but the third one was an empty net goal. I'm not counting that as like they generated offense. Uh, empty net goals are important. It's like a save in baseball. Uh, some are bigger than others, but they all end the game, and it's good to end games and win. Um, but it's not like, oh, we got an empty net or look at our offense go now. Uh, no, they've scored two goals for the last two weeks. Uh, that's not good enough. They've been shut out twice. Uh, they need to start generating some offense here. Uh, Dan Scoto. Dan, you are live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How's it going? How are you tonight, Dan? Good, man. Uh, l- listen, like, <clears throat> I think you guys hit the nail on the head a couple calls ago. Like, obviously the power play is hot, hot garbage. I mean, it, the, tonight was probably the one of the worst nights this season that I've seen the power play. Uh, the, the slingshot is just infuriating but why would you bring back something that hasn't worked in for like yeah that has been a detriment not not even just not worked like but has been like like actively a detriment to your power play leading to chances for the other team it's it's outrageous but like more than that at five on five at a macro level like yes there's some chemistry issues and yeah they have some issues with with scoring right now but i i think you can trace a lot of that back to something much more fundamental like a lot of these 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 uh, like symptoms we're seeing, like they are, they're one of the worst teams. I watch a lot of these different teams and like, they're one of the worst teams at breaking out of their own zone. I mean, when you take three, four, sometimes five attempts to get out of your own zone, what ends up happening is even your top lines, by the time they get going up the ice, they're looking for that long transition pass to get, get speed up the ice and maybe get a quick shot, maybe get a rebound and a goal. But, like, by the time they do that, they're gassed. They're at the end of their shift. That 45 seconds suck. That's the whole shift. That's it. Yeah, I saw that I saw that a couple of times with the Couturier line tonight, yep. and that's real concerning because, yeah. like, those guys are good puck handlers, and they're all decent two-way players. I mean, you know, Konechny is what he is. I think he's come a long way. Uh, yeah. But Giroux and Couturier, we know they're good two-way players, and they were having trouble getting out of the zone tonight, and that happened a couple of times. Like, they finally get out, and, well, the shift's over. Like, Giroux had, like, a, a exactly. two-minute shift at one point tonight, and it was yep. a minute 50 just trying to get out of the zone. Uh, that can't happen. Like, you're the top line. I realize they have, there's a big defensive responsibility against a team that has the kind of fi- firepower that Toronto has, but you're supposed to be their equals. You need to win some shifts too right and that's that's happening up and down the entire lineup all four lines are having the same issue so when you have that you you don't have sustained uh pressure in the offensive zone you don't have an ability to go in and set up in the offensive zone and and work behind the net like you're talking about like you don't get those opportunities because you're so they're just trying to get those fast up the up you know transition plays because they don't have anything else but that last little spurt so i think in my in my opinion yeah I mean, you could shake up the lines a little bit, fine, whatever. But, but like, it's systemic. If you focus on that, the, the breakouts, if they start working on those breakouts and focusing on that and finishing their, finishing their checks as well, it, it'll take care of a lot of these little symptoms because now they're looking for the cute passes, the long stretch passes across the neutral zone, which are getting picked off half the time too. So, like, it, you take care of that first part of it, the most important phase of hockey, in my opinion, in the breakout. It, it'll it'll handle some of these other problems. I mean, that's just that's how I see it. Absolutely, the breakout has been one of their problems for years now. Thanks a lot, Don. Uh, I think I called him Dan, but it was it looked like Don there. I think I got his name wrong, but uh, I believe I corrected it. Yeah, the breakout's been one of their issues for years, and it's one of those things you have to believe will improve uh, when when Ryan Ellis is back. Um, but it's like 
Sanheim and Ristolainen will still be out there. Yandel will still be out there. Like uh, Braun will still be out there, although you know not playing top pair minutes, which is ideally where you'd want. Excuse me, where you'd want him. Um, you know, on that third pair with Yandel, but you're still going to have a lot of the same guys and they're going to have the same problems. Like Provorov needs to step it up on some of these breakouts. Sanheim and Risto need to be better. Uh, I've liked Sanheim and Risto a lot more. I thought Ristolainen had another pretty good game tonight. Um, He's going to have his hiccups. He's a flawed player. He's not a stud. Uh, but I, I'm starting to like what I'm seeing out of Ristolainen, and, and it doesn't look like such a disaster as giving up a first-round pick uh, may have looked at one point for Ristolainen. Again, he's going to have – he's going to turn it over sometimes. He's going to chase one too many hits. But I think he's really kept the, kept the game simple and under control in the defensive zone. In the offensive zone – that dude needs to let it rip a little more. Like he is passing way too much. He's double clutching too much. It looks like he's afraid to make a mistake, afraid to get a shot blocked. But man, you got that big shot. Use it. Use it a little bit, uh, and maybe it'll create a little more space for everybody else. But until uh, until he starts doing that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him defensively more than I did. He's taking steps to improving, uh, coming along since the season started. Ristolainen has, but I think the offensive zone is where he can uh, really start to pick up his game. And this team needs some help in the offensive zone. And if they're going to continue to use like. Uh, outside shots and generate all their offense from the perimeter. Like he's going to need to be a part of that. He's going to need to pull the trigger and use that heavy shot to create some scoring chances. He hasn't done that nearly enough yet. Uh, Harris Barnes, Harris, you are live on the post game. Hey Bill, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. How's it going tonight, Harris? Um, I'm actually not a Flyers fan, but I've listened to your podcast for a long time and absolutely love it. So I'm going to talk about this game because I just love hockey. Um, I appreciate it. I thought, um, I thought Katuri and Giroux were going to have a great game without Tavares in there, and they were pretty underwhelming for the most part. I mean, they had a couple stretches where they looked good, but there wasn't enough urgency from them. Uh, I thought Lawton had a good game because he actually plays with some identity, even if he's not like creating enough offense. Uh, JVR and Farabee were not present enough. Farabee looked slow, and JVR, you're paying him a lot of money, and he's just not producing uh, enough offense. That's uh, a bit concerning. And just the scoring depth uh, for the Flyers is uh, sometimes an issue. And maybe that comes back to some of Hextall's picks not being as good as what they looked at the time. I don't know that that's just like my thoughts right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. I, I go back to a lot of these Hextall drafts and like how many of those guys how many of them are even here and contributing at all? Like I expect Lindblom to get going at some point and he, uh, he makes a lot of nice, subtle plays, and he helps play move in the offensive direction. But if he doesn't start producing at some point, you have to look at Limblom and say, you know what, he's a good fourth-line player. I don't know if we can afford to have a guy who does not score at all on our third line. As much as everybody loves Limblom, like, that's the way it is. Farabee, I agree tonight. Like, where has he been? Uh, I know he's young. I know young guys are going to be inconsistent, and he started the season out so well. Maybe he got our hopes up a little bit, but – uh, that's the way it is. They gave you a contract extension. They believe in your offensive talent. You need to produce more than no points in the last like seven games or whatever it's been for uh, for Joel Farabee. And, and Bill, 
Well, and the thing with Farabee is like he's one of the few players on the team that's actually like a dynamic player. I think him and Connecting are very dynamic. Drew is, but he's older at this point. And Farabee, like, I just didn't see enough from him. Like, you just got to do it, especially against a team uh, like the Leafs, where more of that is available because the Leafs like to play run and gun and their defense isn't the greatest. And yeah, Farabee just looks slow. And like JVR actually played like fairly well defensively. I think he's improved on that throughout his career, but like they're paying you to score goals. You can't just be a break even player from like a Corsi perspective. Like you got to produce. And um, yeah, that's just concerning. I appreciate it, uh, Harris. And yeah, I, I think JVR, like, yes, has he improved his two way game? Has he become a more complete player over the last few years under Elaine Vigneault? He absolutely has. Like, I don't think there's any denying that, but we ain't paying you seven million bucks to chip the puck through the neutral zone, bro. Like, you need to get to the net and put pucks in it when you get there. That's why you are here. We all know that the, the scoring streak is coming for JVR at some point, but. Waiting it out is – this is when they need it. When the offense is nowhere to be found, that's when they need the two-goal JVR game, the six-goal in a in 10-day JVR sort of streak that he just hasn't uh, – he hasn't been able to produce for prolonged enough amounts of time this season. And hopefully it's coming. I, I really want to see this team pick up the offense because I believe they're getting the goaltending. And I, I, I think – This thing, I've said since the beginning, since the preseason, I don't think the first half of the year we're going to see a finished product. But I think I see the makings of what could be a good all-around team, a team capable of getting hot and going on a run as long as the goaltending is there, which it has been. Um, But this offensive slump is... Someone said earlier they're not ready to hit the panic button. Like hitting, the, I don't even know what hitting the panic button looks like at this point. I'm not advocating that you know trade two of your top nine players, try to figure something out here. I'm not there. Like yeah, if you can go get a, a superstar, absolutely. Like if if they want fucking you know JVR and Brassard or something for Johnny Goudreau, here you go. But uh, no, I'm I'm not there in terms of hitting any sort of panic button. I will say though. They need some sort of spark. They need something that will bring this team some sort of consistency offensively because, man, those first five games, I looked like an imbecile saying, where the hell is the scoring going to come from? And ever since then, they haven't scored at all. Uh, Two goals, uh, under two goals a game, like probably one and a half goals a game now uh, over the last six. Uh, that's, uh, That's terrible. The offense is not generating nearly enough. And again, sure. 30 plus shots tonight. That's decent. But how many of them were dangerous? How many times were you like, oh, here we go? Like a couple of shifts. Like they had a power play where they got a couple of scoring chances and it was like, oh, power play, turning it around. Like, no, they just don't look like shit right now. Like that, that, that was the bar that the power play set for itself tonight. Not looking like shit was encouraging. So uh, I'm starting to get a little concerned with this lack of offense. Hopefully it comes around. Uh, let's get a few more in here before we call it a night. Justin B., Justin B., you're on the post game. Hey, Bill. Hey, uh, I'm super late, uh, so I'm sorry if this already came up. But uh, I saw Charlie's tweet here, AV, after the game. Um, he mentioned how the power play, uh, you know, not being good tonight drained the team of momentum and – you know, I understand momentum in hockey games, right? There's fights, there's big hits. You do all these things to try to get your team going. But 
I mean, sometimes, I mean, when does that fall on the coaching staff? They've got intermissions. They've got times to try to figure things out, but the entire game just felt sluggish to me. Yeah, uh, they're playing in a, a back-and-forth pretty much contest with another team that has a decent amount of firepower. Your goalie's keeping you in it. Um, you need the power play to produce, and it can be disheartening when they don't. Uh, but, yeah, when the power play is this bad, I can see it draining the momentum. Like, not only aren't they scoring, they're not getting set up. They're not doing anything close to looking like, it, you know, it's an actual power play. Uh, I uh, the the coaching it does come down to AV and his assistants like they need to figure out a way to produce some offense when the offense looks like this because it's it's too prolonged now it, it, it's it's two weeks where they haven't scored at all uh, how much longer can it go it's not just a slump it's they look like shit they cannot score yeah that's really all I had I mean I I know a lot of these guys are young and and I I think maybe that's when you rely on the vets to step up. You know, like you've been playing for how many seasons now? And and maybe that's that's where you're like, okay, well, you know, we need to score some offense. We need to not let these things get to us and, and show show these younger guys how it's done. Absolutely. And uh, thanks a lot, Justin. No, that's uh, tonight needed to be a Couturier, Giroux night. Uh, JVR needed to step up. It needed. It needs to be those guys. I mean, they're the guys getting paid the most. They're the leaders on this team. They're the ones with the history of uh, creating offense in the National Hockey League. It's not going to be like as fun as you know Derek Broussard's start to the season was. It's not going to be Derek Broussard every night. You know, like that was just kind of lucky. And a, a line centered by him isn't going to be your best line for long stretches of the season. It was a nice beginning to the year, but if Derek Broussard's your 2C, you probably don't have a great second line. Uh, it, it needed to be the guys who – it needed to be the veterans, like Justin just said, and it wasn't tonight. They didn't get anything going, and that's that's when you get shut out. Just absolutely zero momentum created on offense, shift to shift. It looked like even if you – know, fourth line came out at one point, looked like they had a real good shift. Next shift, we're right back in the defensive zone, like – if your power play isn't building you momentum, Jesus Christ, Nate Thompson creating scoring chances should be enough for you to wake the fuck up and uh, maybe get something going. And it just wasn't tonight. All right, let's go back to Nikki. Nikki Hall, you're live again. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's been empathized. Empathized? Emphasized. 
It's okay. There it is. I figured yep. it out. I don't know why I can't process words. I'm partially tired. Um, I didn't even work today neither. Anyway, but yeah, no, it can't be emphasized enough that like we can't be. Well, the other thing with having our top guys being able to produce, and when they're not producing, it's like, oh no, what do we do now? It's like, uh, do you really need your top guys to produce? I mean, yes, you need them to produce, but like we can have our other guys produce too, or try and get something going because, like, that says that you know that we need everybody on this team besides just the top guys to contribute. Because there's a very strong chance that we can get goals and get chances if they're not going to hesitate. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say that we have one of the best teams. We don't have one of the worst teams. But, like, you know, everybody on this team needs to find a way to contribute. It, it's, it, it really is that, – that is what it ultimately boils down to. That's – and we – thanks a lot, Nikki. We talked a lot about this team's depth – uh, coming into this season and first five games, again, we said, okay, finally, this team has the depth we thought we had the last couple of years. We're going to be able to survive a few injuries. And listen, for the most part, they have been able to survive uh, the injuries. It's not like they look bad. It's not like they're falling out of it. Still have a winning record. Uh, you're still right in the thick of things. You're going to be getting haze back. I don't want to turn this into doom and gloom when, for the most part, they've looked pretty good this season. But there are some trends that are starting to be pretty concerning. Um, I, I just – it doesn't look like that this depth can sustain for this amount of time. And, and to be fair, who's Ken? Uh, you know, Pittsburgh for some goddamn reason. But look at their record. Everyone wants to go on and on about how good Pittsburgh is, but it's not like they're setting the world on fire. They're just staying afloat. Now, granted, it's without their top players, uh, but that that's – I guess that's what I'm getting. You need your top guys to produce. They absolutely need to show up uh, more so than they did tonight. It's fun to lean on the depth. It's great when, oh, look, man, yeah, Lawton's really getting it done out there. And, you know, the Broussard line is so much better than we thought it was going to be. That's all well and good. Um, but when you get in these situations that they're in now, the best players have to will some offense into existence, and they just haven't been able to do that over the past couple of nights. Now, I think they're going to get things turned around. I still think this team uh, is a playoff team. I think they have what it takes to uh, to make some noise in the season's playoffs. They've been getting the goaltending as long as that holds up. I think they're pretty damn good, but they're going to need these guys back, and until they get Ellis and Haynes back, and you know, it looked like, uh, TK got shaken up at one point tonight. We'll see how healthy he is. I haven't heard anything about it, but I'm also in here with you. Um, I think he'll be all right, but who's to say? We all thought Ryan Ellis was going to miss one game, and here we are three three weeks later. No one's seen him yet. Uh, so uh, I don't think it's – like I said, I don't think it's panic time. Uh, I will say, though, this offense is concerning. They need to score more. They are not, while the defense and goaltending has been good, they are not good enough to get by on a couple of goals a night. Like if they're, if they plan on winning with just defense and goaltending, that's not going to happen. Look at the way this team is built. Look at what they're spending on offense. Of course, they're not going to win with defense and goaltending. They need to get by by scoring goals and they just haven't been. Uh, Let's take, uh, let's take Harris Barnes again, and then we can get it wrapped up. What's going on, Harris? Oh, um, Bill, one thing I forgot to ask earlier is, um, like, I know you don't watch the Phantoms consistently, but why are Cam York and Tyson Forster's counting stats, like, 
look very underwhelming because like they're young and whatnot, but like it's a bit concerning that they just haven't been producing that much. I mean, I know like the Phantoms aren't like a great team right now, but just an interesting thought. Uh, that's a good question, Harris. Um, I, uh, from what I've seen and from what I've read uh, and heard from the people who do cover the team more consistently than I do, is the team just produces no offense basically whatsoever. Uh, they're they're kind of like the Flyers right now, but all season. They're scoring a couple of goals a game. They just haven't really been able to get anything going offensively, whether it's the talent they have, whether it's Ian LaPerriere. Uh, I was looking at their goalie numbers today, and, yeah, their goalies have been just absolutely atrocious, so maybe they're just playing a super conservative style to see if they can grind out wins and uh, you know not make any mistakes whatsoever. Uh, to hide their goalies, I guess, me. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question, though, but I do think when we're looking at potential call-ups, if those guys aren't killing it, uh, they're not going to be up anytime soon. Counting stats-wise, however, Morgan Frost has been real good. He had at least another assist tonight. Uh, I don't know if we get Morgan Frost until maybe the holidays. I think maybe post-Christmas, uh, maybe that road trip that they go on after Christmas, the uh, Disney on ice trip could be something like, um, could be uh, maybe a time for uh, Morgan Frost to come up. But until then they're going to, man, they just need Kevin Hayes back. I I think Morgan Frost could help boost this team's offense and he could definitely help on the power play. There's no way he could hurt. Uh, But for this team to, to be where it needs to be offensively, they need Hayes and Ryan Ellis back. All right, guys, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, had a had a fun show tonight, despite the uh, despite the result on the ice. It's always great to talk to you guys, and I'll be back after the next game. So until then, uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and bang, content pretty much daily. Uh, checking out the competition, which is Kelly's pregame show. Absolutely excellent. You'll get that. Obviously, these post games get posted on the feed shortly after I finish up here. You'll get that. Uh, the flagship show, BSH Radio. You'll get that. Fly Perbole. You'll get that. It's so much content. I didn't even just name it all. There's still more uh, that we do. I don't even know of it. Uh, you know, every now and then we get cool interviews. We have uh, Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher. And who did we most recently do? Paul Holmgren on the uh, on the feed as well. So lots of good stuff. All you have to do is subscribe to Broad Street Hockey wherever you find your podcasts. And I guarantee you'll be happy with what you get. All right, that's it. That's all the time I've got tonight. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.